0: Welcome to the AEW Rampage Preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Called Joined by one of the Dadly Boys, Michael Sidgwick from What Called to look ahead to tonight's episode of AEW Rampage. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture, Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your from, for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review AEW Rampage, but also AEW Dynamite, Raw, SmackDown, NXT 2.0, pay-per-view. Oh. Bloody premium live events, whatever they call them nowadays. Uh, we have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete with a bigger quiz, of course, on wrestling culture. As I said, they're joined by Michael Cedric's book ahead to Rampage tonight. And you know what that means? No Rampage rap for you this week, right? Because people were very nasty to us on social media yesterday, Sige. So you're going to get punished for that sort of thing. Do AEW fans hate us now? for purely giving our subjective take on an objectively bad episode of Dynamite on Wednesday?
1: Uh, It would certainly appear that way. I got a little telling off of some Twitter followers for saying that just because I think a show is bad. Because I tweeted to the effect, and I'm going to repeat this rant, hopefully the mega fans will still forgive me at this point. I tweeted something to the effect of... Sometimes the pop culture you consume and like will be bad or people will think it's bad. Please accept this without being a enormous weird baby about it. Like (laughs) it's incredibly childish, tribalistic behavior to not be able. It's one thing to say, Oh, I disagree with what you say about the thing I like. It's another thing to like wrap yourself in knots to perform mental gymnastics, to be borderline abusive when someone says this. You are under no obligation to follow, or sometimes like that actually seek you out, they don't hmm. follow you, they're just because they don't want to give you the benefit of the follow account. They're still like obsessed with your takes because the thing they like means so much to them that they'll seek it out and everything. It's like if you're a grown adult and you cannot accept reasoned good faith, that's just the difference. It's not constructive. Well, constructive, constructive, yeah, constructive good faith criticism. I'm not WWE Gareth or Jobber Nation, for Christ's sake. I love AEW. I potentially, but like in the same breath, I get told I'm reaching when some things I think is really good and like in depth and they think, are oh, you thinking about it too much? Then the other breath, I'm a Fed stan apparently now all of a sudden. It's just this bollocks has got to stop somehow and it's up to certain individuals who are grown adults to be a little bit less irate and wrapped up in a billionaire funded and promoted property mm. like i've never said this unironically willborn but if you cannot handle someone again reasoned good faith criticism of something i tend to absolutely adore more often than not i've never said this unironically old one but you need to touch grasp you need to genuinely get your priorities in order about life because i find the it's one thing again i want to make it perfectly clear if you just happen to disagree and you interact and say, oh, I disagree, actually, I want you to see it my way. That's called discussion. That's called yeah. debate. That's essentially what Twitter functions to do. That's absolutely fine. I'm not going to boot off at you. I'm not going to involve you in this criticism that I'm currently unleashing. Um, But if you cannot handle a reasoned, good faith criticism of the pop culture, like how frivolous is it ultimately? Right. If you cannot handle that, to the point where you are performing mental gymnastics to convince yourself that it's not that bad, actually, or if you are lashing out and being abusive, like, stop being a child. Yeah. Like, a child about it. Grow up, realise it's not that important, and stop being a baby.
0: Yeah, I'm going to use a great uh, parenting line here that we've all heard, and no doubt you've probably used on your children's age which was when I saw the backlash that the, well, because we, we did a couple of podcasts. We did a round table with myself, uh, Andy and Hamford, And obviously in the Dynamite review, we, we went into extensive detail about what we liked. This wasn't a show that we thought was across the board, terrible, the worst Dynamite ever, anything like that. But what we saw as issues that need to be resolved on a show we hold to a higher regard than WWE shows, right? And I wasn't angry. I was just disappointed. And also, this doesn't apply to everyone. You know, we are the number one wrestling podcast in the UK for a reason. And a lot of our fans are fantastic on social media. But like you say, I I
1: love the vast, vast, vast majority of my followers.
0: Just astonished to see so many people come out of the woodwork and be the, you know, the polar opposite of what people say when we're critical about WWE. Um, Because, like you say, the thing is, like, my favorite microcosm of this came into the office on Thursday morning chatting with, with, with Hamphlet and Andy about the CM Punk-Wardlow thing, a thing that universally was liked, right? And I sat there and explained, and they listened and say, gave their point of view, and we had, a, it had an interesting discussion about the fact that I loved everything about that match, except for the fact that CM Punk won, which I didn't like, but I understand why they did it. And, you know, some people liked it, some people didn't like it. That's the beauty of, of and subjectivity of, of wrestling. But at no point did anyone us use the phrase rent-free or any of that bollocks that we see on social media. And naming no names, a lot of people have set out their stall as whatever AEW does to a point. If it's if it's Brian Danielson Mr. Hangman Page, you can't pick holes in it because it was it's essentially perfect, right? A lot of people set out their stalls from day one as screw AEW because there is a subset of fans that, that will appreciate that and flock to that. And like you say, are very much represented on social media and we and other people who've set out their stall as AEW is perfect. WWE is in the mud and nothing will ever change that. I personally am very proud of the fact that we call it as we see it, you know, yes, yes, You may lean more towards AEW and Hamlet may lean towards slightly more towards WWE at times. But if something great happens on either show, if something great happens with Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar or whatever it may be, you will not automatically go, I sucked because it's WWE. And if something great happens on AEW, Hamlet won't turn around and say, oh, it sucked because Tony Khan and Cody Rhodes are involved with it or whatever. But the same way, you can't just, even though you've written a bloody brilliant book praising AEW about, you know, being this personification of something you've wished for for so long, Sige, but you also haven't got those blinkers on that you go, nah, everything they did was perfect, and 18 interferences or interruptions or whatever you want to call it on, on Dynamite is absolutely fine because it's not Vince McMahon, basically.
1: Yeah, I mean, I get it as well. Like, I understand yesterday's podcast probably wasn't the most thrilling, impassioned listen, but I refuse to fake it hmm. for the sake of, you know, like, if you want to make bad content, I will never, ever phone my content in, and like Tony Khan on Wednesday night, whoa! <laughs> never phone it in. I will never just play the hits, oh, this was deaf. no, wasn't it wasn't, it was rubbish, I know, but people want to hear you say the word deaf, or people want it to be praised, I, I tell you what, like, I don't like it when certain aspects of For example, Twin Peaks The Return got criticised at the time. I was a grown adult. I got a little bit annoyed when people disagreed with my thoughts on it and all the rest of it, to the point where I wasn't upset, but I was just like, oh, I'm knocked by this, and I don't want to listen to that. So I can understand why people didn't enjoy this week's Dynamite Review podcast. I would rather you didn't enjoy it than you enjoyed it on terms that I felt like a shill. Hmm what well, I was just trying to like appease people by listlessly saying things like there are fakers in pro wrestling media who pump up things that they like to try and get to try to not get a Twitter day. Like me and Hamford had yesterday, but tough days. Like if it's bad, I'll say it's bad. And it, I was quite alarmed by how bad it was for reasons that if you want to listen to this controversial podcast, you could of course do that. Um, you probably already have, but it's important to hold AEW standards. For me, it's important. Like, I like a nice, holistic, professional goddamn wrestling company that gives me a nice two-hour vibe that I can just escape into its immersive world. For me, it's useless saying, oh, well, Sammy Guevara versus Daniel Garcia had a great match. I mean, they had a very good one, in my opinion, but it's all about mood. It's all about vibe. Like, WWE often puts on very, very good matches on television, mm. but it, the vibe's completely ruined by the way they're booked how um, everything is built towards how you know that realistically, if someone impresses, they're not really going to do much after the fact. A good match is not just a good match anymore. Like I would rather see a really, really, really great two hour show with an immersive world that doesn't feel fake. Basically everything that I hold um, dynamite up to the standards of being Mm. Um, like a good angle or a good promo here and there is not going to improve my mood if I'm getting the sense, and I kind of got it on Wednesday night, Thursday morning, that I'm not saying that the world's coming to an end or the wheels are coming off, but Jesus Christ, it was lazy. And it's always very alarming when something feels like self-parody because it's like, do you not care that you're phoning it in or do you not know? Either eventuality is bad. Look, it's AEW. They've had terrible episodes of Dynamite before. They'll probably do a ripper in two or three weeks' time and maybe this will all feel completely overstated. I was more worried. I've probably seen worse Dynamites, if I'm honest, because i love to see them. Oh, yeah. the main event was good. I've probably seen worse Dynamites, but the trend is what's worrying me here. And if you can't accept that a lot of people... I wasn't alone in this. If you can't accept that a lot of people felt this way and you feel the need to shield yourself, then maybe... You need to touch grass, and it means too much to you. Simple yeah. as.
0: We will we will preview a really exciting looking rampage in a second. Just a final word on this, in terms of the fact that, like, as content creators, and I'll hold my hands up as the guy who does this on the you know the back end of of creating our podcast. It is it, it, within or our purview to sort of be a bit hyperbolic at times and I'll you know' the, the gimmick of that I've done it it is this the best or worst ever sort of thing so we did another podcast yesterday roundtable discussion with myself and Hanford Andy just to cover that off people were it's not just saying I disagree with you but like outright saying you shouldn't have released this content right <laughs> and but I didn't write. AW is in the mud, AEW is dead, AW is in a downward spiral. The question I posed at the top of this is, is AW in trouble? And I personally believe that throughout the process of that podcast, we said, no, not really. But there are endemic issues that we need to fix that if this was happening on Raw, we'd probably give a pass to because as we always say, we grade shows on a curve and as we should, I believe. I mean, hopefully one day WWE will get back to this level. We we hold AEW to a higher standard. Just sitting there and saying, yeah, well, at least it wasn't as bad as X. No, I want it to be as good if it can be, and it's impossible for it to be like this. But as we always bring it back to, I want it to be back to February 2020, as you do.
1: Yeah, I think genuinely a lot of people, when they lash out, the reason why is because they deep down know It wasn't as good as it was just after All Out or when Full Gear was heating up or the the Grand Slam weeks or whatever, or February 2020. And I think they know this. They're denying and they're lashing out. Like, that's my personal opinion. Um, It's just... I would love for Tony Khan to listen to these criticisms, which, again, were echoed throughout my timeline by a lot of quite discerning fans. I want him to recognise his criticism... Realize that it's not Job Nation or WWE Gareth or that loser with the fat Jericho avatar. And um, these are good faith criticisms from people who want this to be better and um hold it to a high standard. I would love it if you just said, Right, okay, people are really starting to take the piss out of the constant backstage interruptions. It's becoming a trope, it's becoming lazy, it's a rubbish way to drive um interest in matches i don't necessarily need angles we could just embrace the fact of random matches or fixtures to better present the idea that this is a sports adjacent league and not just this quite conveniently plotted fictional world at times um i would like him to establish some rules and mm. some standards to his booking otherwise you can indulge your own um tropes put like a, a limit set a limit on runnings for matches, set a limit on backstage interruptions, and if you do this, you realise, all right, okay, well I've already met my quota of, I need to do something to build this match Discipline drives creativity, Mm. and the worst the worst aspect of AEW right now, is that it's rife with creative indiscipline, and indulgence, and tropes, and laziness, all of which converge to make it feel fake I don't believe that these people are literally standing next to where the interview is being conducted. (laughs) Think about it. When Matt Hardy and private party are conducting that interview, right? How can they not see Androni? You know what I mean? Like, why are they talking as if he's not there? How does this happen every single week? Like it just makes it feel fake and contrived. And these are words that I associate with WWE, not AEW. Be better create a real uh, set of rules that create a sense of discipline within the process. And then you can use that discipline to think outside the box and to challenge your own sense of creativity. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds.
0: Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? Anyway, let's look ahead to tonight's AEW Rampage, now we've dealt with all that, because it's an exciting show with uh, really intriguing matches to look forward to. There's a title match, let's not forget, on tonight's show, Jurassic Express uh, defending those newly won AEW tag titles against Dark Order, uh, or two members of the Dark Order, I should say, uh, John Silver and Alex Reynolds. Um, this is a, a, a thrilling match that's sort of come out of nowhere if we aren't watching Dark or Dark Elevation, because they've thrown out these statistics. Tony can't even tweet about it, about this role that Silver and Reynolds are on. And I had no bloody clue about it.
1: Yeah. As, again, as we sit on the Dynamite reviews, so I don't want to cover all ground that they are, and they should be praised for this. I'm about to praise them for this. They are addressing this dissonance between the. TV viewer and the YouTube ultra hardcore who will like the people who go nuts for Fuego del Sol and all the rest of it. Like, I watch Dark Elevation and Dark, and when I can't do that week to week, I will see what's getting buzzed about and um, I will cherry pick that which is getting raved about. Um, but the casual again, you can't use any freaking words. WWE's ruined everything, the discourse has ruined everything. I would gather that a lot of people who exclusively watch Dynamite and Rampage will be somewhat mystified by Silver and Reynolds apparently being a top five contending team who've won all these matches. Because at the end of the day, they're not beating FTR, right? You can rack up these wins, but how much do they mean? They haven't beat FTR. They haven't beat the Young Bucks. They haven't beat Red Dragon. They've beaten teams who aren't them. So it's stat padding. And it's one of those where it's like, why bother going to for, for YouTube money? it all feels a little bit cheap for me. Mm-hmm. Why bother going to those lengths if ultimately they don't matter, but they are beginning to address it. I'd rather, I'd, there's still lots of room for improvement there. And the thing is, they've got the footage. It's in the can. It's on YouTube. Yeah. As we speak, they could quite easily create a 30 second to one minute video or a two minute little video where they say, here's who's kicking ass on dark at the minute. He's, keep an eye on who's in the title contention they should explore the rankings as a storyline driver far more than they should so it feels like this has come out of nowhere for a lot of people but at the end of the day I cannot wait for this match the outcome is predictable but in a good way you want to establish Jurassic Express as a dominant mm-hmm. fighting babyface team you want to um, adhere to the wider principle of an AEW title reign of they're lengthy, the champions feel like champions, the f- champions feel dominant. The the prize as a result feels like this incredibly elusive, prestigious thing that's incredibly hard to, to attain and to fight for, even. And the way to do that is by working incredibly exciting competitive matches. And I suspect one's in store for us tonight. Um, I haven't heard a great deal of buzz. Usually when something absolutely pops mm. on the rampage tapings on a Wednesday, you you hear about it. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it's going to be top rampage match tier, but I expect it to be incredibly fun, if nothing else. Um, John Silver interacting with Luchasaurus, if nothing else, even if there's a few botches, even if it doesn't have that elusive banger that everyone just feels, even if it doesn't quite reach that level. And I've got reason to think it still might, despite the fact that there's not much buzz. Mm-hmm. John Silver interacting with Luchasaurus will be piss funny. Mm -hmm. uh, Jungle Boy taking um, Silver and Reynolds like blitzkrieg rapid bursts of offense. The double Mm -hmm. teams that are so quick and smooth will be electrifying. Them attempting to do it to Luchasaurus and failing for a comedy punchline visual will be equally funny as well. What I'm driving at here is that I, because this company is Almost always brilliant. I'm expecting from the trust generated something enormously fun at a minimum. No title change.
0: No, exactly. You, we know all know that Jurassic Express retained tonight, but that's not going to stop me leaping out of my chair when John Silver runs wild, as he often does. Another match with a fairly straightforward conclusion, but also with potential to, uh, to steal the show, is Adam Cole versus Trent tonight. We're actually talking on the news this morning, Sige, uh, about Trent Beretta's seemingly inevitable heel turn. I'm not suggesting it's going to happen anytime soon, but this can sort of feed into it, can't it? And My God, for a match that they've just gone, uh, you two go in the ring together to benefit this this feud that we've sort of bodged together between you and your mates and best friends and what have you. Cole versus Trent's going to be so good.
1: It should be a banger. Um, Again, Cole is going to climb up the rankings even further because I expect him to win. He's not going to not win. The timing of this is interesting, though, in that Trent has only just returned It feels a little bit odd to simply feed him to call when the guy has value as a mid-card baby face scalp, which again leads to the question, as you've just pointed out, right, okay, well, this is interesting. Does that mean he's going to turn heel? I've told you before, I've always had a little bit of a vibe from Trent where I'm thinking, you're probably a bit of a dick. Like, way more of a dick than you let on, and sometimes you can't suppress that. So, I'm all for Trent turning heel. And I think best friends, in terms of him and Chuck Taylor, have been a really great, loyal mid card act. Um, who've they had like one of the most underrated matches of the pandemic against the Sex Gods. They had one of the very best, if not the pinnacle achievement of the pandemic, for me was that parking lot fight, yeah, with Santana and Ortiz. Like in terms of right, we've got no, we got no fans. If you've got no fans in every normal match, like quote unquote normal match, is going to feel bittersweet. What's the, what can we do? They were more creative during the pandemic than they are now. Mm. Like legitimately AEW, but this is all incidental by the by. What I'm driving at as, what I'm driving at is we've seen the best of best friends. They've kind of foreshadowed that trends turning. Having him lose to Cole when aligned with the best friends that only puts Cole over, it kind of asks the question of, oh, this is interesting because Trent's just returned. So there should be a little bit of drama here uh, because the impetus for the turn to happen, it strengthens Cole ahead of a presumed showdown with Hangman Adam Page at Revolution. It ties into the established rivalry that's ongoing. All of this is very smart booking. And I think that AEW should get more credit for this kind of intricate picture they're telling with the books the Paragoners they're going to be known and the best friends because there's a lot of things happening and what you're ultimately going to get is an incredibly hard hitting match Adam Cole is kind of an underrated lunatic in terms of the head drops Yes, Trent is equally so I expect this to be a little bit scary as well Yeah,
0: I'm really looking forward to this Uh, and a a build further towards uh, the intergender match that we've got uh, on next Wednesday, which also... Oh, you've
1: ruined it now because all the seconds are going to be out there doing stuff. Sorry. Think of how many people might be there. Don't.
0: Best Friends,
1: Paragon, Young Bucks, Baker. It might be a Lumberjack match without actually being a Lumberjack match this. Oh, you've ruined it, mate. Well, let's talk instead
0: about another woman who's going to be in the intergender match next week. Chris Statlander. She's teaming with Red Velvet, uh, and God bless you, God bless me, God bless Layla Hirsch uh, tonight in a six-woman match against Nyla Rose, Penelope Ford, and the Bunny. Um, with this already being teased, I'm not saying again it will happen tonight. We we could well be on our way to a Layla Hirsch heel turn.
1: Yes. We could, which is odd because the two reigning champions at present are heels. So, I mean, I think Layla Hirsch. I would like to think that this is a proper direction for Layla, and this will give a, a push in TV time and all the rest of it. But the fact that the two women's champions are heels doesn't really give me a great deal of um, hope for that. I really think they should have at least given Hirsch a match with Baker as part of this title reign. Um, so I think people really connected with Hirsch. She's got a great, like, incredibly admirable real-life story that they should have told um, a lot more on AEW television Um, in the babyface role. My first instincts, given the wider picture, her particular personality, the sheer size that she has or doesn't have, which really allows her to soar in the underdog role. My initial instincts is that this is a bad move. We shall see. Um, but given how kind of obvious all of the storytelling is here. And again, we talk a lot about how redundant a lot of what AEW is doing right now, because it's quite repetitive across the board. Mm -hmm. It's not quite, can we coexist stuff? It's not just two random people thrown together, but it's not that removed from it. If I'm being honest, see uh, MGF and Wardlow are two people who are tied together. who are fraying apart. Ditto, Baker, and, Um, Jamie Hayter. Doing a third variation of this exact storyline is uninspired, redundant, and one would expect, given that the other two are actually really well done, it's going to be ineffective. I can't get excited about this for all those reasons. Who do you see winning this match? Uh, The Heels, following a dreaded miscommunication or someone's going to like hersch could potentially take the fall when she misinterprets chris atlander's hot tag as selfish you know like these are pretty telegraphed obvious beats that we've seen quite a lot of
0: yeah um especially with the story of Uh, Chris Statland having sort of one eye on Wednesday has already been told on Dynamite this week. Uh, Finally, we've got a debut tonight on Rampage. Andrew Everett's, uh, I don't want to say main roster debut, but he's facing Sean Spears.
1: Let's use the word televised. There we go. Um,
0: Know a lot about Andrew Everett and, uh, well, any excuse to see Sean Spears on my television is all right by me.
1: Yes, absolutely. Sean Spears um, is a great bumper and he's a great um seller in terms of his facials the idea is he's a chancer the idea is that he's um the underling in the pinnacle all of which is to say that he's going to win to strengthen um his sort of aura if you like ahead of a match with Wardlow but because he's so giving and great on the cell on the back foot. I expect him to really give um, Andrew Everett, who's got a glittering reputation, um, a chance to shine here. I know a lot of people are thrilled about the prospect of them potentially signing Everett and becoming All Elite, them doing way more with him down the line. And it's a shame because this roster's full. <laughs> this roster is so full that even phenomenal or potentially phenomenal talents realistically it's the discipline that I've been talking about it doesn't it isn't limited to just tropes it's extended towards roster management rotating cast um that's just rife within discipline creatively this organization and it's one of those words shocking because Andrew everett given his reputation, how much he's like, sort of beloved in cult circles probably does deserve a chance, but at the end of the day, you can't give everyone a chance, and it's not AEW's fault that the rest of the world, as the rest, the rest of the rest of the world, has kind of collapsed. Impact is what it is. WWE doesn't want a performer of Andrew Everett's particular style anymore. Mm-hmm. Ring of Honor is like Schrödinger's Ring of Honor. Does it exist? Does it not? No one really knows. Um, getting to do reps in Japan is more difficult than ever, given various restrictions and all the rest of it. Like, what do you do? I think the answer is, you realise, hang on, we can't, we simply can't give everyone a shot mm-hmm. until they do something on the indies that's so undeniable that we can't not give them a shot. And I don't yeah. think Everett's there yet, frankly. Uh,
0: two final questions. Uh, Wardlow ringside for this match and... Is Sean Spears going to hit a GTS to build for the match next week against Punk?
1: Well, everyone's going to be ringside. It's an AEW show after all. I don't want to make these snarky jokes at the expense of the promotion. (laughs) It's all gutted about it in listener land. I'm pretty brokenhearted and cut up about it as well. Yep, I expect them to do some kind of advancement of the Wardlow-Sean Spears tension. But at the end of the day, how necessary is that? We know Right, It feels like I'm getting pummeled over the head with it. It's not just redundant. It's not just overdone. It almost borders on the insulting. If we see some stuff between Wardlow and Spears on the outside tonight, what is it really accomplishing other than potentially annoying the audience? Sean Spears can simply win a match against a rising star who doesn't have the same level of experience with the idea that he's going to have a match with Wardlow and you want to remind the audience that Sean Spears has still really got something. You can accomplish that without doing some very samey and redundant tension teasers. We know where it's going. We've seen it. We should be entrusted to go one TV goddamn taping yeah. without it being sort of addressed explicitly.
0: My my pitch, rather than him hitting a GTS or anything that blatant as we head towards Punk uh, versus Spears on, uh, on Wednesday night next week. I'd like that. Yeah, I, I think that's I think that's overkill. Just having come out and shout his clobber in time. Because he's he's such a brilliant git. We love him here at Watculture. Sean Spears is uh, I mean, what a turnaround for him for someone who I think it's fair to say, after his initial, you know, splash that he made in AEW, seemed a little bit redundant after a while.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Great career, career in career reinvention. Hard for me to say. Um <laughs> He's found the the idea with Sean Spears is that he had this wonderful inbuilt story with Cody. The reality of the situation was almost too real, if you like. They did so well to get a major major program out of Sean Spears, considering this is his role, and there is absolutely no shame in it when he's so good at this. Not everyone can be a headline star. Mm-hmm. Not everyone has that intangible aura where you can main event or be a champion. Sean Spears is incredibly valuable in this role. He's incredibly entertaining in this role, and that is absolutely fine. And I'm kind of overjoyed to see him in it um, because what a grafter he is. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let us know
0: your thoughts on Sean Spears and uh, on Rampage tonight on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Watch, uh, well, they can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at
1: M. Um, Sidgwick. Don't be a complete cock.
0: You can follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE, as I said, uh, and make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcast from for daily wrestling podcasts. Uh, this SmackDown review is out right now. We have got Wrestle coming, Wrestle Culture with the hashtag bloodygoodquiz Good quiz coming later on. And if you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling, our review of this show when it comes out on Monday will drop right into your feed. But for now, this has been the AW Rampage Preview. My thanks to Michael Sidgwick. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon.